Good morning, everybody. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a piece of Oklahoma history that uh, is pretty well known, but I think it's been made kind of into uh, an urban legend, so to speak. There's some details about it that are kind of retold that I thought were true that really aren't true. So hopefully today we can talk about something that's a little bit fun and uh, maybe clear up and dispel some uh some differences between myth and reality, and that's going to be the transferring of the Oklahoma State Capitol from Guthrie to Oklahoma City that occurred soon after Oklahoma got its statehood. So everybody buckle up because it's going to be a wild ride. and welcome to this week's edition of the America of America podcast. I'm Will Milam, and you are you, the listener, and so we can get on with the show. As I uh, mentioned in the cold open, today we're going to be talking about the moving of the state capital um, from Guthrie to Oklahoma City. In the meantime, I would actually like to talk a little bit about the history of Guthrie. Guthrie's uh, one of the oldest uh, cities in Oklahoma, especially the unassigned lands portion of Oklahoma. And especially Guthrie is also one of the best well-preserved cities, considering like smaller American cities or larger towns. So Guthrie is definitely a place worth a visit. And so uh, I'd like to pay Guthrie its, uh, its due respect. So like all places in the unassigned lands portions of Oklahoma, though obviously the history of Guthrie goes back long, long uh, with uh, obviously pre-contact um, with the Cadoan Mississippians and the Wichitas. I actually did not sure if the Wichitas made it that far south. Um, someone double check me on that, please. But they might have. Uh, so the modern history of Guthrie begins in 1887 when it was established as a railway depot uh, or a railway stop called Deer Creek, which is very interesting because uh, there is um, a Deer Creek school system in Oklahoma that is more in the Edmond area, which is not quite as north as Guthrie. So I'm, I'm actually curious if there's any uh, connection between the two names. So that depot was run by the Southern Kansas Railway, which ran um, from Oklahoma all the way from uh, the Oklahoma-Kansas border um, all the way down to uh, Purcell, which is a bit south of Norman, which uh, is something you'll pass if you ever drive from Oklahoma City to Texas on I-35. And because that railway was run by a Kansas railway company, uh, when there was a town created, it was changed. The name was changed from Deer Creek to reflect that of a prominent Topeka jurist, a man named John Guthrie. So Guthrie, Oklahoma is actually named after a guy from Kansas. Modern Guthrie really came to prominence after the Great Land Run of 1889, which obviously the land runs in the land run of 1889 specifically are uh, one of the, the biggest single events in the history of Oklahoma, especially as a state. Uh, haven't gone over those specifically. Um, obviously, we'll do so in the future because they're they're very important to Oklahoma history. Uh, just know that um, that central region of Oklahoma is uh, currently called unassigned lands and that the government 
basically does things called land runs where uh, pioneers and uh, people can go and stake their claim on land and get that land for free. So it was in 1889 that Guthrie's population rose nearly 10,000 people in a single day due to those land runs as Guthrie became one of the real um, centers of commerce, uh, becoming one of the really big early towns. And soon after, Guthrie actually became the first modern town in Oklahoma Territory, which um, with the rest of the Gunnison lands was in the western part of the state, uh, as opposed to Indian Territory, which was in the eastern part. So Guthrie in this area was the first place to have uh, a modern brick building, which was the National Loan and Trust Building. Uh, it was also the first place to have um, a water system, uh, the most modern electricity for the time, and an actual public transit system. So truly, it was really the first town in Oklahoma. And the first power broker in the first real Oklahoma town was a man named Hobart Johnston Whitley. Whitley was a Canadian by birth, but had come to the United States to seek his fortune and worked as a plotter, so he would plan towns and plot spots on the map for the Rock Island Railroad, and he specialized in developing towns in the Cherokee Strip, which is in northwestern Oklahoma, and if you've been in a long-time listener, you'll know from the No Man's Land episode, this is uh, very up right east of the Panhandle, so we're very familiar with uh, that area, and also we're very familiar with the fact that there were a lot of boom towns in the Cherokee Strip, largely um, centered around beer, because as you remember, um, the Kansas Territory and also Kansas the state was dry. And Whitley also, um, along with his reputation as being the plotter of the Cherokee Strip, was the man who created modern Guthrie. And the citizens, the local citizens, were so thankful that they actually invited Whitley to be the first governor of Oklahoma. Uh, Whitley politely declined, but he did go on to Washington, D.C. and persuade Congress to sign off on Guthrie becoming the first capital of Oklahoma. So when Oklahoma became a state in 1907, Guthrie was incorporated as the capital for a while until it wasn't. You see, because though Guthrie was the first real modern town in Oklahoma, it didn't stay the biggest town in Oklahoma for very long. Oklahoma City, slightly to the south by about 32 miles, was quickly becoming the largest city in the state. And this obviously led for leaders from Oklahoma City to call for moving the capital to Oklahoma City, which was the economic and political power hub, and it didn't make sense for Guthrie to be the state capital. So in true democratic fashion, they decided to hold a vote. So this was a democratic referendum whereby the voters could choose the state capital of Oklahoma between Guthrie, Oklahoma City, and Shawnee. Quick little side bit. Shawnee is a town that's east of it's east of Oklahoma City, all the way in Pottawatomie County. And it's also famous for inviting a group of Benedictine monks who were from New Orleans to establish an abbey in Shawnee in 1901 after their first monastery in Oklahoma burned down, and that still exists as uh, St. Gregory's Abbey out in Shawnee. And as cool as that is for Shawnee, Shawnee did not win the vote to become Oklahoma State Capital, nor did Guthrie. Uh, The vote went something like 96,000 votes for Oklahoma City, 31,000 votes for Guthrie, and around 8,000 votes 
for Shawnee. So the voters have clearly spoken, assuming that uh, that all the totals were accurate. Pardon me, I was starting the yawn there. But basically, Oklahoma City is clearly meant to be the state capital of Oklahoma. Now, what actually has to happen is that the capital has to move from Guthrie to Oklahoma City. And not just the administrative elements of the capital, but the seal, uh, the great seal of the capital of the state of Oklahoma has to be moved from Guthrie to Oklahoma City. This is where the controversy comes into play. So at midnight on June 12th of 1910, after the vote to move the capital was completed, uh, the first governor of Oklahoma, Charles N. Haskell, signed a document to declare that Oklahoma City was the new capital of Oklahoma and that the seal should be moved from Guthrie to Oklahoma City. And that's what happened. And in on that night, the seal was moved from Guthrie to Oklahoma City, which would be described as a, quote, wild 30-mile automobile ride. Why was the 30-mile ride a wild ride, you might ask? Well, that was because there were people in Guthrie and people in all over Oklahoma, especially Tulsa, who were not fans of the idea of moving the capital to Oklahoma City. This included the Logan County Sheriff, J.W. Mahoney. J.W. Mahoney had actually set up his police officers to guard the seal of the state capital and keep it in Guthrie. The governor, Haskell, responded to this by ordering the state militia, the predecessor to the National Guard, to come and arrest Sheriff Mahoney, disarm him, and put him in jail. Opponents of the capital move would decry this as a theft. Um, obviously, Sheriff Mahoney had no intention of letting the, of letting the seal pass uh, without a fight. Uh, many Tulsa newspapers, including the Tulsa World, whose articles I've used largely to prepare this episode, uh, would cry foul too, claiming that it was an agreement that there would be no vote until 1913 when the capital would be ready and that the capital was taken prematurely without a chance for Guthrie to build an actual capital. I actually kind of chuckled at this because if you remember from two weeks ago, this is a very, very similar uh, set of events that led to the Oklahoma City Thunders formation, uh, being that the Seattle Supersonics had a basketball team and there was a ongoing controversy with Key Arena, their home arena, and it ended where uh, a group of Oklahoma City businessmen bought the Seattle Supersonics with the understanding that they would make good faith efforts to get a new stadium or sufficient renovations to an arena in Seattle. And after those renovations fell through, uh, they were the team was moved to Oklahoma City and renamed the Oklahoma City Thunder, whereas here... The understanding, apparently, was that the government had until 1913 to build a capital building in Guthrie, which never happened, and Haskell and the voters of Oklahoma took advantage of that to move the capital to Oklahoma City. So it's just kind of an interesting parallel. Why did Tolson's um, largely oppose the move to Oklahoma City? Uh, it seems to be based largely on um, the ongoing rivalry between Oklahoma City and Tulsa. And Oklahoma City's um, attempted, quote unquote, big brothering of Tulsa and the belief that there was only going to be one major economic superpower in the state. And the Oklahoma Cityans were doing their darndest to make sure that that was Oklahoma City and not Tulsa. But in the end, Oklahoma City became the capital. Obviously, we, we all know the end of this story. 
And uh, so it created a very interesting kind of uh, urban legend um, growing up that we always heard about the uh, the midnight uh, stealing of the seal from Guthrie and taking it to Oklahoma City. Uh, I guess there is some truth in that, that the seal was taken in the middle of the night or at midnight when Haskell um, ordered it. And there was even obviously the rest of the Logan County Sheriff, which, you know, odds and some interesting tidbits. But I mean, at the end of the day, the there was the referendum that took place and the governor had the authority based on that referendum to move the capital to Oklahoma City. So the capital is going to be moved to Oklahoma City really no matter what. It was just a matter of time. So to some extent, that urban legend is true. To some extent, it's not. But that is not the end of the history of Guthrie, of course. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, Guthrie uh, now maintains itself as one of the best preserved small towns in all of the United States. Uh, walk down downtown Guthrie uh, is a very scenic view of the old um, Victorian brick buildings that still remain and are still very functional and very well maintained. That it's very charming, and if you're ever in and around Oklahoma City, it's only about thirty miles to the north, so it's it's really worth uh, definitely worth a day trip. Um, in preservation, meaning that things have remained, but. Guthrie might have seemed to have preserved more than its history and more than its buildings because Guthrie is actually known for housing the most haunted location in the state of Oklahoma, which is called the Stone Lion Inn. The Stone Lion Inn was originally a large mansion located on Warner Avenue and it was home to the Houghton family, a wealthy early uh, Guthrie family who um, during the oil boom actually would end up moving to Enid where they would go into the uh, the dry goods business or the uh, the mercantile business and ended up leasing their mansion back in Guthrie to a funeral parlor. So the building has a long, long history, both as a house and a funeral parlor and has stood obviously for many, many decades. It is famous because the Hottons, who had 12 children, lost one of their daughters to medical complications due to whooping cough, specifically um, the, I believe it was the dose of either, I believe it was the dose of codeine or morphine, which was prescribed for whooping cough children. At that time, um, a nurse gave her too much and the daughter died, unfortunately. And that daughter is said to still live in that house and what's now the Stone Lion Inn. Today, the house uh, is often visited by ghost hunters and paranormal investigators uh, if there is such a difference. It also plays host to a series of murder mysteries where you can go and have dinner and uh, participate in the murder mystery, which I hear is a great time. I've never done it myself. And stay the night and, you know, maybe you'll run into the ghost that haunts the Stone Lion Inn. So it's, I think, one of the most ideal tourist attractions. Uh, it's one of the most ideal places to go in the month of October if you're feeling up for spooky season. And I think that this is a good um, transition to what we're what this podcast is about to turn into for the next month, because all of uh, all of October we're going to be telling ghost stories. And hear me out; I think ghost stories one are very interesting, and ghost stories actually do a good job of preserving local culture. Um, ghost stories generally always take place in the past. And they also focus on particular places that every place has their own ghost story as a part of their local culture and folklore. So I think that being a podcast about Oklahoma history and culture, incorporating these ghost stories will do us very well to talk about places, to talk about their history, 
and also the painful events that have happened there and how they might resonate literally today. So we're going to end this episode about Guthrie and the moving of the state capitol here. But if you have any interest or if you have any ghost stories you would like to hear, or if you know of any good ghost stories that take place in Oklahoma or based around Oklahoma, uh, everybody has my email, um, chautauquareview at gmail.com. Feel free to send me any uh, ideas or requests that you might have because I've been uh, I've started to really dig into Oklahoma ghost stories. I am so excited uh, for the month of October because I think, one, we've got some great stories and we have some great stories that are going to be good conduits into talking about Oklahoma history and culture, and I'm just really excited to get into it. So with that, as always, I'm Will Milam, and this is the America of America podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.